This episode of the WW Review is sponsored by Magical Mara Designs. Do you enjoy showing off your love of Disney by wearing Mickey or Minnie ears, but get tired of wearing ones that are uncomfortable and give you headaches? Check out the made-to-order ear designs at MagicalMaraDesigns.com. We've got cute and comfortable Minnie and Mickey ears made to order. We've got Maleficent to Beauty and the Beast, Adventureland to Star Wars Land. Check them out at MagicalMaraDesigns.com. This is Tim Scott live from the floor of the Indie Diz Meet in Noblesville, Indiana. You're listening to the Dub Dub Review Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Dub D Dub Review, and I'm your host, Chris Malik, and I'm sort of flying solo today. Stacy is working, and Pete's still getting used to his new life in Florida, so I decided I'm going to bring along a good friend today, so I want to reintroduce, as a former guest, Tamara Spidell. Tamara, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing better. I'm doing okay. You know, I've been a little under the weather, but it doesn't stop me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I guess I should say, since I brought that up, if you do hear me coughing in today's episode, you'll have to give me a pass because you're going to hear an occasional cough. So that's my, my, my one disclaimer before you listen to the rest of the show. Hopefully you've got your tea and honey oh, right I could, there. I could tell you were drinking your tea. I do. I do. Have <laughs> what are you drinking right now? I, I'll tell you what I got. What, what do you got in front of you? I just have Earl Grey with some honey. Okay. I got some pumpkin spice from Tazo. It's a chai tea. So... Um, I'm all honeyed out. I've had plenty of honey, so I'm all honeyed out, but I do got something right around me. I know you've got some really, well, you've got some really exciting news. Do you want to talk about what's going on in your life? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, we're just leaving for Disney World in like two days. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah. Just average run of the mill things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your trip. So we're doing our annual girls trip. So it's my mom and my daughter and I, we're flying out to Orlando um, in a couple of days, bright and early. We have to be at the airport at like four in the morning. Okay. And, um, and then we're straight to Orlando. And then my sister who lives in Fort Lauderdale, she'll be joining up with us the second, about the second half of, of our trip there. Nice. Give me details. How long are you staying? Where are you staying? What are you doing? So we are staying at Pop Century. I don't have my monocle yet. I'm still working on that. Um, <laughs> so we're staying at Pop Century. We're staying, um, we get in on Saturday midday, and then we're there until late Saturday night. Um, and then we get back, uh, and then we'll have one day to like recuperate and then go back to school. We have a fall break next week. So Okay. And what are you planning on doing? Like, Like, give me your itinerary. Oh my gosh. So we are park hoppers. Um, so the first day we're just going to stick to Epcot and start with food and wine. And, um, we're going to kind of, you know, we usually go to two parks every day. Oh, I'm exhausted already. (laughs) Except for we're going to the Halloween party on the Tuesday that we're there. So while we'll be in the park for that in the morning, we usually just kind of sleep in and go to Disney Springs and have some good food and just kind of chill out a little bit. And then um, we have one day where 
as it looks right now, we're going to hit three parks in one day. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, we're, we're excited to check out Toy Story Land. We actually were able to, with the help of an amazing <laughs> travel agent, Amy Vanswall, she hooked us up with our fast passes and everything. And I'm excited because we ended up getting one for Alien Swirling Saucers and she got us one for Slinky Dog. And then she also got Flight of Passage and Navi River Journey. So she's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. She got you all the big ones. You are a super mega planner, though, correct? Yeah, a little bit. You have like spreadsheets and checklists and like organization. Mm -hmm. Like you're like the the Facebook meme where like the guys (laughs) get like the the whiteboard that's like 30 feet tall by 40 feet (laughs) wide. I'm, I'm envisioning that to be you, correct? Yes. Except my whiteboard is more of, you know, a big a folder in Google Drive with Google Sheets and Google Docs. Does that, so I could respect that, but does that not take away some of the spontaneity of the trip and like just kind of going with the day? So you clearly do not know me that well. I am not a spontaneous person. Okay. Okay. Spontaneity makes me nervous. I have to have a plan. Okay. I guess as in your role in real life, that would make sense. Yes. Yeah. I get enough spontaneity in real life that like. You're reactionary. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So when I am taking, when I get to step away from that world, you know, I, I do like having a plan that actually relaxes me and doing the planning is a huge part of the fun, I think of a Disney trip for me. So, I mean, cause you can do that a whole year in advance and it's still lots of fun, even though you're not in Disney world yet. You know, I guess there'd be a point in my life where that probably does take place when the kids are a little more predictable you know and and, and attitudes and behaviors are a little more predictable that probably will start to segue from what we are right now which is pretty much just day-to-day to to something like that so okay i'm excited for you and you're going to meet up with pete i'm sure when you're down there because pete's yeah you know i do you have an annual pass um i don't currently but when we get to epcot that first day that's my first stop is guest services to to transfer because we did buy, um, you know, Memory Maker, okay. and I'm going to transfer. Because and we've done this before. Well, they'll actually take the money you've already paid for your tickets and your Memory Maker as long as you haven't used them yet. They'll apply that to the price of an annual pass. And I figured, with the changes coming to, you know, just in a few days about how how the ticket system mm-hmm. is going to work, mm-hmm. and knowing that um, I am in the process of trying to plan another. Uh, summer trip to the Disney Institute with um, my really good friend and colleague, I thought, you know what? I think this is actually a better deal for me to just go ahead and get that annual pass. And and then I have a great excuse to do some shopping while I'm there and use the discount. So it's great. Absolutely. Good. Good for you. So yeah. excitement between, I would say zero to 10, but let's be honest, excitement between say seven and 10. What's your excitement level right now? It's always 11 for this. Always. (laughs) What about your daughter? Did she feel the same? She is really excited. She's, she is not as, um, uh, how do I say this as like loud and gregarious about it as I am, but like, I'll just look at her and I'll say, okay, we're going to Disney world in two days. And her whole face just lights up and she's like, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh yeah. But while I will talk about it all day, every day to anyone who will listen, she's, you know, I have to open the door for her and then she gets excited. But yeah, she's, she's super stoked to go. Awesome. That's really cool. Can I tell you about a cool parent experience I had before we start our show today? Yeah. So little known fact about me, I'm a huge music guy and I'm the guy 
sitting in the van driving to work. Yes, I drive a van. I drive the van to work and like I literally am in concert from like the moment like the door closes to the moment like the door opens for me at work. So like I'm going through song after song singing the incorrect words. Absolutely. (laughs) But, you know, I have a a YouTube playlist. It's got 180 something songs on there. But a lot of the songs, it varies. I mean, I have artists from Jason Aldean to DMX. I mean, it ranges from A to Z in the the (laughs) spectrum. But my daughter, you know, she actually she appreciates some of the music on there and she's got really good music taste because I've put a lot of that music taste into her. So some of her favorite songs are like Starman from David Bowie and what wow. and whatnot. Oh yeah, no, she's got it she's got a wide music taste. So when when I'm cooking dinner, it's usually accompanied in music. So the other day we have Jerry Rafferty singing Baker Street and whatnot and, and a lot of great seventies music playing. And my daughter appreciates that. So yesterday was her day as an eighth grader. She was making dinner for the family because we were all running in different directions. I come home, bam, Starman from David Bowie playing, Baker Street from Jerry Rafferty playing, um, uh, Brandy from Looking Glass playing, all from her suggestions to Alexa while she's making dinner. And as I thought about it, I was like, that's a freaking dad win right there. Seriously, that it, is awesome. If if I could ever claim a dad win, it was like yesterday was a dad <laughs> win, you know? And I was like, that was really cool because, you know, part of me, honestly, you know, is as is, is, is goofy as it sounds is she's never going to find that music on her own. You know, she she's mm-hmm. she's looking to imagine dragons and whatnot. And even Coldplay to her is like a relatively old band. So is she ever going to find this music? You know, no. But the fact that she does have it and like she was listening to it, I was like pumping my arms like, yes, this is like victory, you know. So (laughs) it was a great day yesterday to hear that. That is awesome. Good job. Okay. So I got you on today and this is going to be sort of a, 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 I don't want to say a DSI episode, but sort of a DSI episode because we're getting in October and this is the month of Halloween. This is the month of haunted houses. And, you know, there's no bigger, better, more famous haunted house than the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. So I asked you, would you like to talk about this? So you prepared some information today and you're going to educate us on the Haunted Mansion. Before we start, by the way, is my voice deeper than usual? Am I like the white, berry white today? Or is is it just me and my headphones? Because right now I sound very gravelly in my headphones. Is that that coming through? I think your cold is probably contributing to that, but I you sound fine. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay. Maybe I could even talk a little deeper as we're going along and maybe playing <laughs> it a little harder. All right. So so anyways, you've got Disneyland Haunted Mansion information, correct? I do. I, I um yeah, it's it's funny because so yeah, you like you said, it's October, you know, we're excited to go to the Halloween party while we're in Disney World and um I love Halloween because I love to dress up. We love to decorate, you know, not as much as some people, Chris Malik. Heck yeah. Um, You are crazy decorated for Halloween. We don't quite get to that level. But, um, and it's funny because seeing how excited that our family gets for Halloween, um, I am the biggest scaredy cat I know. Like, I cannot, like, scary movies I have to watch with the lights on, and then afterwards I probably have to watch some, like, Disney movie so that I can sleep at night <laughs> and not have nightmares, um, you know, and I I will not go into a haunted house anywhere except for <coughs> Disneyland and Disney World. They're the only haunted houses I've ever 
stepped foot into in my entire life. Wow. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I swear it's the pixie dust, it's something, but those I could go into, you know, numerous times and without any fear or trepidation whatsoever. <laughs> Is that from a personal experience? Because it, it often seems that like that stems from like a, uh, like some crazy clown incident or like some childhood <laughs> incident. Is, is Have you always been like that for haunted houses? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think it's because um, as a little girl, there was a, a family member who will go unnamed who thought it was hilarious to try to scare me like any chance that they got. And so <laughs> I, like I just kind of grew into it sort of as a naturally jumpy, scary cat. So, okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Can I make you feel better? Because you're probably a really good parent and I'm a really terrible parent with situations like this. <laughs> I love Halloween and I love haunted houses and I love putting myself in situations where I am scared. So I got this great idea. I got twins, right? They're like four and five years old. And I'm like, let's go to the neighborhood haunted houses. So we've got some Catholic churches in the area and they put out these haunted houses, but they're like, they're pretty intense. It's not like, like, like an easy walkthrough. So, Did you just say they have them in churches? Uh, oh, well, Catholic schools, like, like they're in like the basements of like, like the, like the, the halls and whatnot. It's not actually in the church itself. That'd be. That just seems like the antithesis of haunted house. <laughs> like okay. The exorcist. No, um. No, not quite that 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 awful. But um, there. So essentially, it's a fundraiser for the school. So here I am, you know, as this proud dad, got my four year olds and five year olds going with me to the haunted house, and it's freaking them out, and they're like terrified. But you know, I'm like a reasonable person, so like I'm forcing them to go every year, you know. And these kids are terrified, so I could just tell I'm actually putting I'm I'm actually forcing them to hate Halloween. So it's been a few years since I've forced them to go. So it would seem that my parental style of forcing my four and five-year-olds to accompany me to these horrific haunted houses um, probably wasn't appropriate at that time. But that's why you'll see the outside of my houses is very tame. I've got spooky flamingos and some pumpkins. Uh, it's nothing too crazy. Now, in the inside, we've got we've got severed clown heads and we've got Dr. Shivers, who's a haunted uh, scientist and whatnot, but... Okay, that's just wrong. I'm yeah. never coming to your house in the fall. Ever. Have you not seen pictures of the inside of my house? I have, and I quickly closed them because <laughs> they were frightening. So uh, I had to put them out there. James Jamie Price appreciated them. You know, yes, he did. <laughs> you know, he appreciated them. All right, I'm sorry. Back to tub. Back to sub subject here. So Disneyland Haunted Mansion. How many times would you guesstimate you've been on this attraction? So, gosh, the one in Disneyland. Um, I don't, I really don't know. I have, I can tell you, I haven't been back in Disneyland since I was 16 and I'm considerably older than that now. Um, so back when I lived in California, I mean, we would go to Disneyland a lot and I, I mean, I don't even think I could count how many times, but okay. it's been a long time since. So I know changes have been made and, um, you know, so it's, it's been a while. Okay. So this is going to be helpful to me because... I've been in this attraction once and I got the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay when I was oh, in it. Oh, yeah. So another fact about me is I'm not crazy about the movie Nightmare Before Christmas. So when I went, it was it was a little disappointing to me when I was there, but I know I didn't see the attraction in its uh, in, in, in its best state, so to speak. Right. So, so I need your help. Now, of course, we're talking Walt Disney World. 
I can't even tell you how many times I've been in that haunted mansion as, right. as you have as well too. So, yeah. so, okay. So yeah. let's start off with, what do you have for me? The, the thought, the process, the introduction, the history, what, what, what can we go with? Yeah. So I think there are a lot of interesting kind of historical backstories about, um, Disneyland's haunted mansion that a lot of people probably don't know. And, um, just in, you know, full disclosure, I have, I have several books that I've kind of used um, in my research and things because I listened to your episode with Jim Corcus. And while I do not necessarily aspire to be a Disney historian, I do want to at least, you know, try to be as thorough and accurate as possible. But um, that also can lead you down quite the rabbit hole of resources and information. Like um, it's astounding how much there is out there. Um, so anyway, I think the, I don't think a lot of people know the Haunted Mansion, like the whole idea for the Haunted Mansion actually came about even, you know, years before Disneyland opened. Um, you know, I think everybody kind of knows that Walt Disney had this idea in his head that he wanted to create this place where he could take his own daughters that, you know, was clean and um, high quality and, you know, kind of more of like this 3D storytelling experience. And so I think that he had this nugget of perhaps including some sort of a haunted house in his park that he was trying to, um, to bring to fruition, but it kind of got pushed aside over the first few years because just designing Disneyland and, you know, building it and opening it kind of took, took over. And, um, so Disneyland opened in 1950. And it wasn't until I think like 1957 that he kind of went back and revisited this idea of actually having a haunted mansion in the park. Okay. I, you know, I've read a book by an author named Jason Sorrell. Have you read his haunted mansion book? Yes, I have. We uh, actually bought that from Memento Mori um, a few years ago when they first opened that awesome haunted mansion gift shop in Disney World. Yeah, I was I was familiar with a, a little bit of the initial backstory, and one of the most, and, and I'm probably I'm probably actually giving away one of the spoilers that you're going to tell me, is that between the time construction started to actually when the attraction opened was a significant amount of time, and for a while, yeah. it actually it, it the project kind of stalled, and it almost legitimately looked like, well, frankly, a haunted mansion. Because yes. it was just abandoned as it was going along. So, so what can you tell me about that? Yeah. So, um, I think part of the the issue there was that in the beginning, when they kind of brought back this idea, Walt and his Imagineers really couldn't agree on the direction that they wanted the attraction to take. Like, they weren't sure. Hey, should we keep it family friendly and kind of fun, or should we really make it scary? Um, and so there was a lot of back and forth and, and they decided it was going to be a walkthrough attraction. So it wasn't even considered a ride at the time. Okay. And, um, and so they just kind of went back and forth on a few of the different backstories. And that was one of the, I think most interesting things to me in reading through all of these books was kind of learning about what the different backstories of this house, <laughs> what they actually were. So give me an example. Like, 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 tell me, tell me at least one or two of the potential theories of the sure. backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there, I think, I think I found about five. Um, the first one 
they wanted to call it the Gore Mansion. Um, that basically was that it, back in the 1800s, Captain Bartholomew Gore, he got married to this young bride, Priscilla. And one day Priscilla found an old treasure chest that her husband had stored away. And when she opened it, she discovered that her husband was actually this notorious pirate named Black Bart. And Captain Gore realized that he discovered his true identity. So, you know, he killed her. Uh, so Now, why has he got to be a creepy old man? Why couldn't they be similar age, right? Why has he got to be like, oh, he's this dirty old pirate and this young bride? I'm just, well, I'm just curious. Know, they could have taken the fact maybe she was a gold digger. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's been. <laughs> there we go already. See? Which which would lead me to believe like maybe that's why she decided to break into this treasure chest, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe there's gold there. Very good. So, uh, but I think the the story of like how or what he did with her body kind of changed over the few drafts of the storyline. And like one of them said that he actually bricked her up in a wall in the house. Another one was he walked, yeah. Cask of a Montalato style. Yes, exactly. Um, that was a random connection there. Uh, uh, you'll have to research it. I'm not going to tell anymore. So so anybody who caught that, research it. There you go. We're just going to leave it like that. Um, and then I think there was another one Oh, he, that he locked her in the sea chest and he threw it down the well. And then, then there's one that's just like, yeah, he just threw her down the well. So um, <laughs> he, was tired. he was tired one day. Yeah. Uh, just not uh, well. That's it. Done. But the... the um, because you know he murdered his young bride he then he ended up hanging himself because the priscilla's ghost kept haunting him every night and um and so that was that was one of the stories um and then there's there were there were a couple that were a little more dark but my favorite one and i wish almost that they would have done this a little bit more was the um because the first the, one was really happy right <laughs> well <laughs> it's it a love story okay yeah yeah there was a little romance in there or something um but there there's one about that was kind of connected to um the headless horseman from the adventures of ichabod and mr toad okay and basically that in the house um there was there was going to be a wedding between like a boogeyman and a female vampire and like famous monsters like Frankenstein and Dracula were going to, they were attending this wedding, but the headless horseman showed up at midnight and um, the bride got cold feet and she left Mr. Boogeyman at the altar and that created all this chaos. And, um, and I, I don't know. I just like the, the inclusion of some of those like more classic monsters, even though really they don't fit in Disney World necessarily, but I kind of, I kind of liked that. Yeah. So here's my question: So they're Universal properties in the first place, the movie monsters. But was the headless horseman was he the romantic interest, or was he just the cold feet provider? I gotta I, know. I think he was more invited to like sort of kick off, like you know how he kicks off the the boo to you parade at the Halloween party. I think he was he was supposed to show up to like get the festivities started like when he arrived oh the party because i was envisioning like the most gross weirdest love triangle you ever imagined right there i'm (laughs) I'm just saying and i'm just leaving it just like that and going on okay very good i think that's great yes let's move on very good okay (laughs) 
Yeah. That would be a really cool and a really easily themed like haunted mansion, haunted house style though. Because every one of those characters, they, they come with their own backstory. You don't need to create a backstory. And every one of them are so fully developed already. It would be so easy to develop that attraction. Now, they are yeah. u- universal monsters. But okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think the other thing that Walt and the Imagineers, I think, also struggled with, um, kind of had some conflict was, was a lot of these backstories um, – you know, obviously the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland looks very different than the one that's in Magic Kingdom and Disney World. You know, they're a very different style of architecture. Mm-hmm. And um, so in Disneyland, you know, one of the first sketches of the outside of this house was um, created by Ken Anderson. And he kind of created this old, like, decaying antebellum mansion. But, of course, we know Walt really wanted this park to be nice and clean. And so he kind of nixed that idea because he thought it felt it looked too run down, um, and too dirty. And so, um, and it's funny, like you said, because it took so long for this attraction to actually be built and, um, and open, like there were parts through the years where it it really did look like this creepy, dirty, scary, haunted Mm -hmm. place. Um, and they couldn't even honestly agree where they wanted it to go before they started building it. Um, like I think they, they'd considered putting it in, um, like off of a dead end street off of main street, USA, they thought about putting it in frontier land. And then, you know, obviously they finally, it's final resting place, if you will, uh, ended up being in new Orleans square. Um, so I guess, I guess before we continue, maybe describe what the outside of the Disneyland version looks like and describe what the Walt Disney version looks like. Cause We've all been on the attraction, but it's it's got a specific architectural design to it. Yeah, but yeah. uh, I like I like the outside of the one in Disneyland better. I lo- I just love that style, and it fits beautifully in New Orleans Square because it looks very New Orleans. You know, it's got the, I don't know what the style of architecture is. Um, you were right; it's got like a plantation house, Southern antebellum mm-hmm. look to it, where there's columns on the outside and and an exterior. Uh, second floor, like like railing and like porch on the outside of the house. It looks very southern in style, which is the exact antithesis to the one over at Walt Disney World. And, and you know what that is? You know, you know what they've kind of dubbed that style as? What do they call it? It's uh, it's it's Dutch Gothic, like New York Upstate, is is what they've tried to try to use it as. Um, and that would be similar to some of the older style mansions on, in the Hudson Valley of the New York era. Uh, of the, okay. Yeah. So, but it's, it's specifically this Gothic style where, you know, sharp edges, you know, and, and very, very angular lines, but you know, it, it, the most defining feature are in fact, you know, when you look at the roof, the roof has this like spiked mark right in the, right in the, the, the pitch right at the actual apex of the roof. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been, but, it, but it's a Dutch Gothic style architecture for the one in Walt Disney World. So you probably didn't know that, but if you look at it right now and you kind of you know, do a little research with like Dutch Gothic style, it'll look, you'll find properties look just like the one in Walt Disney World. So and I think the, the cool one about the Disney World one too, is it looks like it has almost like chess pieces, you know, kind of at the top of some of those peaks. Mm-hmm. If you had to design a house, would you ever consider getting a house designed to look just like that or would that be too freaky for you? 
Um, I would want the original one, the the Disneyland version. I would love a house that looked like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that'd be super cool. <laughs> so get me up to speed with the uh, with the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. Tell me about some of the changes over time. Okay. Um, so like I said, you know, lots of different um, back and forth on what was the backstory of who lives there and, you know, why it was haunted. Um, there was a lot of that. And I think... The, la- the, the, the final backstory, which is the one that they agreed upon, finally kind of came about in 1957. And so um, basically Walt brought in a couple of famous to us now Imagineers, Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie, to kind of help with the attractions effects. And so they started really working on, um, you know, designing this, like, well, so Raleigh, he um, actually had this like longtime fascination with magic and illusions ever since he was even a little kid. And through his time in working for the Disney company, he, he became kind of known for his 3D sculptures. And Yale Gracie was more of an artist and kind of designed layouts. And he was kind of this like mechanical genius. And he was really good at building models and so the putting the two of them was brilliant and um because of their partnership it really kind of created some of those really cool effects that we see to this day still in the haunted mansion and um i i did come across this really funny story about the two of them i guess when they worked together they were pretty mischievous as well and um, apparently they'd been working in kind of this large room inside of the animation building and you know, they were testing out different effects that they wanted to try in this, you know, still at this point was going to be a walkthrough attraction. And um, one day they uh, they were asked to leave the lights on when they left for the day because the janitors didn't like going into that room in the dark because it was way too creepy because they just had all this creepy stuff all over the place. And so, you know, they were, I guess, feeling like pulling some pranks. So they did leave the light on, but they set up this like infrared beam. And so when it got tripped, it turned all the lights off and it turned on this black light to shine on all of the ghost effects that they'd been working on through the day. Oh, man. And yeah, so they did this. And the next day when, um, when they returned back to work, um, he said that all the effects were still running. There was this broom lying in the floor in the middle of the room and they kind of got in trouble. And like their personnel department basically called them in and said, you know, you're going to have to clean your own room from now on because none of the janitors will ever step foot in that room oh, again. That's a great story. Yeah. So is would you would you attribute Raleigh Crump to things like the library where all the statue busts stare, yeah. stare at you from start to finish in that room? Would that be one of his special effects? That is, that is definitely um, one of his more um, famous effects in there. And um, I think that... He also wanted to do that whole museum of the weird, I think is what he wanted to call it, like um, with really having some quite crazy, bizarre things that almost like like a museum of, you know, artifacts that had been collected and that were creepy. And um... Okay. So, but that, that that idea truly didn't die. There's, they, they kind of utilized some of that idea for, one of the new attractions, newer attractions overseas in that, uh, in that. Oh yeah. 
um, Mystic Manor. Right, right. Co- correct. So they, they utilize a, a hybrid of that storyline because that house actually was, and and if you've been there, and I, I've gotten this slightly wrong, I apologize, but uh, it is a house of a curator who's obtained all these weird objects from around the world. So, yeah. Okay. Did Raleigh Crump, was he the person that's credited for the Pepper's Ghost ballroom scene? Um, I think he is. The um, So when they kind of showed this, I think it was like probably the end of like 1959, mm-hmm. the, two, the two of them had this mock-up of this, I think would be such a cool scene, but you'll understand in a minute why this actually never came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they, they ended with this whole Captain Gore and, and his wife Priscilla. That was kind of the backstory that they, they went with. And so they had this one scene that they'd created and they were excited to show it off to Walt. And basically it was a scene where the ghost of Captain Gore appears and at the same time as does the ghost of his slain wife Priscilla. And her ghost scares Captain Gore and he dissolves into a puddle of seawater and then the whole chamber like floods and then dries up again right in front of your eyes. And like it was this amazing stunning effect but the problem was it took way too long to stage because you know remember it's still it's a walkthrough attraction and so it would have to just the amount of time it would take to turn over just that one room um, while it was like no that's going to take too long like he basically said, put this on hold. And then that ended up putting everything else on hold for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like they just kept running into these different roadblocks, I guess. And, um, but I think Raleigh and there were lots of different Imagineers that ended up being a part of the continued reimagining, revisioning and tweaking of kind of the earlier mock-ups and comps concepts um like marty sklar that's probably a name people who are familiar with disney they've heard of him before sure. he kind of he joined in um gosh i want to say i have to look back at my notes i think it was they wanted to have the haunted mansion in disneyland actually open in 1963 so remember this idea started like in the early 50s and yeah. we're talking about opening in 63 mm-hmm. um so even though in 1963 they started construction on New Orleans Square, they didn't start construction for Haunted Mansion um, until 62. So New Orleans Square construction started in 61. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, the construction for the actual Haunted Mansion building didn't start till 62. And so this is when um, Marty Scar kind of created this sort of like a save the day placeholder kind of sign. And it was really cute because it was an invitation to all ghosts and restless spirits to enjoy an active retirement. Um, and they were basically trying to advertise, you know, that this haunted house was coming soon. Yeah. Um, however, uh, 1963 came and went and the building was done, but the inside was not even close. Um, and they ended up having to hit pause again because there was this new thing that kind of took Walt and the Imagineers attention, which was the 1964, 1965 world's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, which actually 
ended up being brilliant and a really good pause for it because because of the work that they did on some of the attractions for the World's Fair. Like that's how we ended up with the doom buggies that we have now. Sure, sure. Ingenuity from necessity, you know? Yep. A- absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about, if you don't mind, I know there are some big differences between the two. Things like the stretching room. Yeah. They're different in California and Florida. Can you explain mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. So, um, spoiler alert, uh, if you don't want to know about this, then like, don't listen for a couple of minutes. But so, pause you know, three, two, one, yeah. pause. Okay, good. <laughs> So Disneyland, you know, in Anaheim, it's kind of landlocked, right? And so they, the actual attraction doesn't fit within the actual park necessarily. And so in Disneyland's version of the Haunted Mansion, you go into the stretching room and it's actually an elevator and it brings you down. So the floor essentially is what drops Mm -hmm. and takes you downstairs to another level because the ride itself has to actually go outside of the park. It's underground. Uh, or not underground, but it's there's like a berm, so you kind of travel under that, and then the show building is behind the berm, so you can't see it from inside Disneyland Park. Um, but yeah, the Disneyland one is an elevator. In Disney World Magic Kingdom, all it is not an elevator because it's all contained within the park. The um, the ceiling is what goes up instead of the floor going down. Mm. Isn't, that, isn't that unique? And if you've been on both, they actually feel very similar because it's just the optical illusion. You know, it feels very similar. Okay. So describe, if you would, like, like are, are the scenes the same? Is the experience the same when you're not obviously with the overlay? Or, or Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think in that particular portion of the ride, the, um, the stretching room, I think the portraits are the same you know, kind of the spiel is pretty much the same. And, you know, it ends with uh, the demise of someone hanging themselves. <laughs> spoiler alert. The, yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Okay. And then how about like the loading situation? Is that the same at both parks? I I know it's, it, it loads. Well, frankly, I mean, that was a question and an answer. They aren't the same, but describe how they're different, the loading areas. So I think that the one in Disneyland is more of like, um, a portrait hallway and um you see more like you walk by a lot more of the portraits whereas in disney world in magic kingdom you're on the doom buggy when you really start going through that portrait hallway correct and it's a it's a longer hallway in walt disney world it's an up and back and then onto the moving platform where it's a little more direct in disney in, in disneyland but like I wouldn't say direct. It's closer, but there's more cues in a room, but it's not as long. But it, it, yeah, and it loads from like the left side on, in in Disneyland, but it loads from the right side in Walt Disney mm, World. In, right. In Walt Disney World. So, right. okay. What about the actual ride itself? Are those um, layouts fairly similar? They are fairly similar. similar. Um, I think that the, uh, the thing that I appreciate that is, really the same is my favorite scene in the whole ride is in the seance room like I, that's my favorite I love that part um and a super cool fact about that so at first when I read this I was like did they make up her name like seriously um but the face of Madame Leota 
is actually the face of a woman who worked on models for um, for WED, and her name is actually Leota Toombs, which I was like, seriously, her last name is Toombs? Go figure. <laughs> um, so she's the one who has the face, but the voice for Madame Leota is actually the same woman um, who voiced, uh, her name's Eleanor Audley, and she voiced the mean stepmother in the Cinderella original cartoon and also Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty cartoon movie. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a, a neat little piece of nostalgia for people who also enjoy the Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. So tell me now, um, when did it officially open again in, in Disneyland? Um, let's see, I can tell you. So it, sorry, it's taking me a second. No, it's okay. There's a lot of information here. (laughs) There is a ton of information. I mean, it it basically was like almost two decades of planning and creating before it opened. So I wanted to find the actual date for you. So it uh, opened on August 9th, 1969. Okay. And then do you know, was the Haunted Mansion an original attraction at Walt Disney World? Um, I, I want to say yes. I do believe it was as well too. So yeah. uh, we could be mistaken, but I, I, I do believe that it was, it was 1971, but that just shows how popular it was that when the park was designed, it was, it was, and you know, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I probably should have researched that too as well, but I, I'm pretty certain that it was an original attraction when the park opened, it was brought over. Obviously there was some changes to the design and whatnot, but, um, yeah, because obviously Florida's in the South. So those plantation homes don't look as exotic, you know? Right. So, okay. <clears throat> so if you had to pick one or the other, which one would be one that you claim is yours? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's a hard question, Chris. Um, <laughs> um, I would probably go with the one in Magic Kingdom. Okay. And I would do the same, but only because I've not seen the one in Disneyland at its, at its in its proper proper place. I've only mm-hmm. seen the overlay, but I know it's pretty special. Uh, what else do you got for me? You got any other interesting tidbits or other facts that we should know about it? Um, so we kind of talked about a couple of the ones that are my favorite already. That you know, the stretching room, the differences between the two places. I, I do have some like really just sort of interesting facts about it. So yes, and now that I'm looking back at my notes, the Haunted Mansion did open in 1971 mm-hmm. in Magic Kingdom. So do you know how many people can ride through it at one time? I don't, but that's the magic of the Haunted Mansion is it's a constant mover. So yeah. it, it is it is a monster in the sense that it gets a boatload of people through. Let me think. So each doom buggy can hold two adults I guess that's a question I probably should know is how many doom buggies are attached to the track at one time, which is mm-hmm. in fact an infinite loop of doom buggies, I'm assuming. Hmm, two, five, I'm going to say probably, uh, is it close to a thousand? Well, so I think we have to think about if you're thinking about how many through per hour or just at one time. So like, let's say every doom buggy was full and the ride stopped. How many people would be on the ride at that point? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think here then. I I, I guess I'm having a a hard time figuring how long the track would be and how space apart the doom buggies are. So give me a a good number. 320. 
okay. Because I was figuring the trip was going to be about 12 to 15 minutes long or so, or at least in my mind, that's how long it takes to get through. Okay, mm-hmm. 320, and it's constantly moving. It's like the uh, the people mover, and then it, 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 it rarely stops unless there's a, an issue or someone yeah. needs assistance. So 320. So does that mean there's, there's what, there's 160 doom buggies? Oh, that, yes, that is good, Chris. That okay. is exactly how many. And they they travel at a brisk 1.4 miles per hour. About my walking speed. Okay, very good. So, <laughs> so knowing that then... That is not true. You walk faster than that. Um, how many do you think per hour then can go through the man- the haunted mansion? <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to go and raise my number then. It's it's past a thousand mm-hmm. because I know it's not twelve minutes. I know it's shorter than that probably. It's eleven minutes. Okay, well, I, okay, I was right. You're really close. <laughs> I was right. My mathematics <laughs> skills are terrible at all times of the day except for right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's probably around fourteen hundred then. Nope, it's more than that. Okay. It's, it's a little more than double than that. It's about 3,200 guests per hour. I was kind of figuring out, like, if they have... The, is there a number of, like, how many times it stops per hour? Like, what is the average for, like, people that need assistance? And that's what I was trying Gosh, to... you know, that's a good question. I think this is on an ideal, like, nobody needs help loading or unloading. Because <laughs> that is so true that you say that. Like, I don't remember a time that I have ridden the Haunted Mansion Complete. in the past several years without stopping at least. Right? a couple of times the ghosts are being mischievous again yes you know yes okay the last time that happened to me i was above the ballroom scene in magic kingdom oh that's cool so you just got to see the ballroom scene play out over and over and over again so you know how you look through and you're like oh i missed that detail before oh oh, i can't believe i didn't see that guy before you actually had a chance to look and focus on all of it it was really cool it was it was the ideal spot for that to happen that is a good one. My other favorite spot to stop is actually as you're after you get through the attic and you're going down into the graveyard and you're kind of going backwards and you and they recline it a little bit. <laughs> we've we've gotten stuck there before and I'm like, oh, this is so relaxing because by this, as you know, I travel, I, I go big or go home is my motto in Disney World and so we are just constantly go go go. So our feet are always killing us and so that's always a nice like, oh, I am being forced to relax and sit and you know, recline and put my feet up, so to speak. So that's another good place to stop. <laughs> that's where you see the ghosts projections all on the ceiling too, right? There's ghosts yeah. left and right. Okay. Yeah. I've been yeah. stopped. I've been stopped there as well too, oddly enough. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, okay. I have another, another question for you. So we know that how many happy haunts <laughs> live in the mansion, right? There's room for one more, but mm. how many are, how many live there? Uh, 999. Right. Okay. But... Do you know how many of them actually are represented by an audio animatronic figure? Ooh, good one. Significantly less. Yes. Significantly less. um, Because the first few rooms only have like a couple. Like the guy in the uh, the coffin pushing his hand out, Mm -hmm. and but the graveyard scene makes up for a whole boatload of them. The graveyard scene's got a bunch. I'm going to say it's less than, uh, but then again, the ballroom, the ballroom scene's got a bunch too. That's true. They just don't look like it. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 150. Oh, you're kind of close. Uh, 107. Okay. Okay. Well, that would make sense because like you think of the first actual, like the hallway that you're on, 
and into the spot where like the light, like there's none right there, you know, there's zero, right. there's zero at that point. So you've already gone through 15% of the attraction with seeing zero. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. And then there are so many happy haunts. Are there any living characters that are in this attraction besides the guests? Ooh, no. I mean, my, my, my gut reaction is no. Is, is there, that, is that wrong? That is- that is wrong. There's actually two living uh plants? No. Okay. Think about when you're coming into the graveyard. There are two living creatures there right after you have been laying down going backwards and your doom buggy starts to turn to head you forward through the graveyard. I'm gonna, we stumped Chris Malik. Believe me, that's not hard. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for what this is. The um, the caretaker and his dog. Oh my gosh, you're so right with his with his shaky knees. Yeah. Right. Okay. Very good. And this dog that hasn't eaten in like three and a half weeks. I know, right? Because he can't buy him Alpo or something. Okay. Wait. You know, there's plenty of bones in the graveyard. Right. You have some things to nibble on, but you'd think. <laughs> you're you're so right. I I had a complete brain fart on that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I don't think. I mean, honestly, like I didn't really think about it until I started reading through all these books and things, and um, a lot of these fun facts are from. I think it. I can't remember if this is a book you recommended uh disney by the numbers yeah actually he uh tony casanova's got a podcast and uh it was a fun book actually i bought it for my wife because she's a math teacher and i thought she would enjoy it and just it's just it's just random numbers on on things from discovery island and extinct epcot attractions and world showcase Yeah. yeah absolutely cool really cool yeah that's a good, it's a fun book to read. Does it have, does the Disneyland version have a graveyard with all the fantastic tombs and gravestones and whatnot like the Walt Disney World version does? So that's a good question. I haven't been there in a really long time. Um, At least 10 years, I know. I, yeah, oh, that's so generous of you. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, I know that they have like the, I think they might have the pet cemetery sort of on the outside, but they definitely don't have all of the tombs like the Florida version in the queue before you get to the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another fun story. So in the eighties in the Disneyland attraction, they, you know, they're always like trying to plus things and they thought, Oh, maybe the ride's getting too predictable. So they decided to put a living suit of armor in the Disneyland version. And it was actually like a real live cast member that was in, a suit of armor costume and this cast member would like jump out at people and apparently they had to quickly uh jettison that idea because it freaked people out so much um that like their reflexes kicked in and essentially like people were hitting this cast member when he jumped out at them and so because of the safety of the cast member and you know uh and I guess the guests too they decided to to take that out I remember seeing pictures of that where I don't remember if he had a sword, but him in a kind of a aggressive pose and having guests. <laughs> I, I remember seeing pictures of it. Boy. Yeah, I, I think I would 
need to change my pants if I had encountered that. I'm pretty sure that would have scared the daylights out of me. Imagine looking on the on the day sheet. What your assignment is? Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna get punched again. You know, yeah. all day long. Oh my gosh, this is yeah. terrible. Okay, very good. I I have one more question, if you don't mind. Sure. So. When did the official changeover happen between the walkthrough and the ride through? When did that actually develop? Do you know that information? I so that I think happened after the World's Fair, the sixty four sixty five World's Fair, because um, they had worked on um, they 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 had basically four pretty big projects in the World's Fair. They did the the Magic Skyway for um, Ford. They did. Um, they did one for General Electric, you know, Progress Land, mm-hmm. and then they did great moments with Mr. Lincoln and It's a Small World. And interestingly enough, all of those sponsored by yes, all of those yeah, the Small World was sponsored by Pepsi and UNICEF. That a girl. I don't know who I don't know who sponsored Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, but um, I'm hoping the state of Illinois coughed in something at least, uh, right? You know, um, or a, a <laughs> top hat manufacturer i don't know um but i think the cool thing about all of those attractions that they worked on for the world's fair ended up making their way back into the parks you know in some form or fashion i think that's pretty cool um and i think that's when um they kind of worked on you know what maybe we should we need a people eater essentially in the park like Mm -hmm. we need something that's going to take a lot of people in and the walkthrough isn't going to do it Mm -hmm. And this Omnimover system, like, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that came after the, <sighs> the World's Fair. Okay. So I have one more question. I'm so, I should have said I had two questions. I have one more question. <laughs> All and, right. And, and here's my question. And this kind of gets to, like the point of the story where all of a sudden people are like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. So do you know that? as people in real life have passed away. Oh yeah. They've asked <laughs> Disney if they have permission to scatter their ashes in the haunted mansion. And you can't do that. Bodily remains can't be scattered about just in public places. Whoever would have a show like that before and on the WWE review and suggest that it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, who would even say that? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Scott Gerke. Yeah. Don't, don't forget. <laughs> Anyways. So, <laughs> Um, at, at this point, I know that that's happened several times and it happens even through today where people's family members will try and smuggle on parts of remains and whatnot. Have you ever seen that where they actually physically close the attraction? Cause what will happen is, you know, they have infrared camera technology in the haunted mansion. So, mm-hmm. so when you think you're being smart and slick or you do something stupid or, or, or whatever, they can tell. Mm-hmm. They'll close the attraction. They'll bring out their their super, and, and this is not a technical term, but their 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 vacuuming force. I guess you'll say <laughs> they'll vacuum up mom or pop and dispose of them in the garbage out in the back. So if you're listening to the show and you got the idea that you want to be ghost number one thousand, it won't happen. Don't it, do it. It won't happen. It, as a matter of fact, it's probably going to get you in some significant trouble. So I would advise you not to do that. So <laughs> so have you, did you know that, that they'll just vacuum you up and throw you right away? I did hear something about that, yes. 
Now, I can't blame people. I mean, it sounds in theory like a good idea if you're like a wacky dude, you know? So I mean, yeah, it does. Like I, I and then it got me thinking like, so, you know, people scatter ashes in lots of other places. Like, do you have to get a permit or something for that? Like, is there some process people have to go through or do they just go do it? Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you on a side note here, I, I know that you have to, well, there's not even a permit. I mean, you have to actually be in a cemetery, a place that is 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 approved and selected to house human remains. I know this because, you know, in real life, I run a golf right. course and a lot of people in my golf course, a lot of people over time have grown to love my golf course. So I've had the request placed upon me, not only by the family, but also the people that are have passed away prior to their passing away to have this happen. And frankly, I have to deny a bunch of these people this same request. So, so I know for a fact it has to be at a cemetery. It can't be at a public facility like this. So wow, I did not know that. So my husband's request is to be cremated and then have his ashes shot into space. I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but apparently that might not be allowed. It's possible. Did you know this? I guess this where we should say the show goes downhill. So before we discuss this, we should probably end the show and then pick this back up in the after show. Is that okay? Yes, let's do that. That's All right. So so hang on. Stay tuned after the show if you want to hear more about this conversation and how it goes downhill rapidly. But for right now, we want to thank you for listening to the WW Review. If you can go to your podcast provider of choice, find the review page, and leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate that. So for myself and for Tamara Spidell, we'd like to thank you and have a great day. Bye, everybody. Okay, it's possible. You want to know why? Yes. So I watched, uh, you know, Facebook never lies, right? I mean, every post has always been truthful on Facebook. Absolutely. So what will happen is I've seen the video. They'll actually take the, 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 the person's body and they will do one of those freezing processes of the, of the human body and they'll shake afterwards like in this, in, this, in this design thing where it takes the human remains and it'll crumble them down even tighter than ash will form. And they'll take those human remains and they'll capsulate them up and they will actually, they, they've, they have specific like... I don't want to say missiles. That's wrong. Rockets, yeah, <laughs> that actually are designed for this purpose. Yeah, for this purpose alone to, to launch your remains into space. Oh my gosh, my husband's going to be so excited. <laughs> you can also get your remains put into like a tree and it'll use your remains as fertilizer. And when you plant this tree, it'll actually use your ash remains and actually help fertilize the tree and the tree will grow. Oh, that's cool. That's like pretty cool, that isn't it? That like yeah, helps help repopulates the earth. So. That's super cool. <laughs> Not that I'm paying attention to this stuff or anything on Facebook late at night or anything like that, all creepy and such, but I'm just saying. No, no, <laughs> that, that would be super weird. This is a completely normal conversation. Oh, uh, absolutely. Hang on, guys. Before you leave, I got one more thing for you, and it's sort of a bonus. You'll notice on this week's episode, it was lacking background music. And that's because the Haunted Mansion's music's particularly difficult to put behind a, a narrative. So what we thought we would do is go to YouTube and find the best quality possible attraction soundtrack. So I want to quote the source. It's WML95, and this is the official Disneyland Haunted Mansion attraction soundtrack from beginning to end. So it's about 15 minutes in length, 
So if you'd like to stay tuned and essentially virtually ride the attraction with me, please uh, keep your arms and legs inside the Doom Buggy at all times. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. sounds echo through the halls whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still that is the time when ghosts are present practicing their terror with ghoulish delight welcome foolish mortals to the haunted mansion I am your host your ghost host <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> of course, there's always my way. I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. <laughs> the real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive. And we'll continue our little tour. And let's all stay together, please. There are several prominent ghosts who have retired here from creepy old crypts all over the world. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here, but there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? <laughs> if you insist on lagging behind, you may not need to volunteer. And now, a carriage approaches to take you into the boundless realm of the supernatural. Take your loved ones by the hand, please, and kindly watch your step. Oh, yes, and no flash pictures, please. We spirits are frightfully sensitive to 
bright lights. Do not pull down on the safety bar, please. I will lower it for you. And heed this warning. The spirits will materialize only if you remain quietly seated at all times. We find it delightfully unlivable here in this ghostly retreat. Every room has wall-to-wall -wall creeps and hot and cold running chills. Shh, listen. and spiders, tail of a rat. Call in the spirits wherever they're at. Rap on a table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween. Awaken the spirits with your tambourines. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond. Let there be music from regions beyond. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint by ringing a bell. The happy haunts have received your sympathetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize. They're assembling for a swinging wake, and they'll be expecting me. I'll see you all a little later.
Making the tombstones quake. Spooks come clockwork, swing and wake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim, grim ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Or a silly spook may sit by your side. Shrouded in a darkness hide. They pretend to terrorize. Grim, grim ghosts come out to socialize. High over dead oak trees. Stoops are right for the midnight free. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Dark to sweet and harmonize. When we don't spot to socialize. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell. Weirdos dream where spirits dwell. Restless bones etherealize. Rises spooks of every size. <laughs> Those creak and the tombstones quake. Spooks come up for swing and wake. Happy haunts with chaos. And we begin to vocalize. Grim, grim ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. Or a silly spook 
branch high over dead oak trees. Looks in the right for the midnight street. Creepy creeps with the eyes. Start to shoot and hide all night. Bring the ghosts far to socialize. When you hear the bell of a reckless bell, here goes the whistle as well. Rush the sponge, eat the little rice. Rise his fruits of Just in time, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> they have selected you to fill our quota, and they'll haunt you until you return. Now I will raise the safety bar, and a ghost will follow you home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>